0: And that's that will be part of this iteration as we grow, right? We have this higher caliber employees on staff, and we want to bring them projects that they're excited about. Uh, but if we find four months into this new kind of framework that the team is stressed, the, t- the clients that we're bringing on actually aren't the type of people we want to be working with, that's when we need to iterate the other way and mm-hmm. re, you know, reshape what we're what we're doing. So I think it will always be a constant assessment of how things are going. It's just It's faster right now for us because we are so flexible. Yeah. Uh, But the importance is that we nail it now so that way we can scale it and we aren't having to make major changes once we're bigger and and have more people impacted by those changes. Totally.
1: Totally. And I I think remaining true to those convictions, the why behind the values, the why behind the mission, that's going to be what really steers the, the ship. and gentlemen welcome to season two of building in the wild stacy feldman how we doing
0: we're doing great we're uh i'm not super excited about how behind we've been in 2024 in our season two Um, but it's been a busy january you know we are accountants so it's a little bit of priority items moving through the month of january
1: it is January and God bless the content creating accountants in January because there's a lot going on and uh, we are not immune to that. That being said, we are in the process of reinventing the podcast, reinventing ourselves and um, <laughs> just a constant evolution and growth. It's, uh, yeah, it's a journey.
0: I think that's, that's on part of it. It's always being on our toes, being really in tune with who we are, what we want, and making those changes as we deem them necessary and viable for the future.
1: Yeah. And so as far as the podcast is concerned, we're going to continue with a weekly cadence through this year. Um, Keep us honest on that. But we will have uh, conversations (laughs) between Stacey and I on the firm front, what we're building, what we're seeing, clients we're working with, problems we're solving, what we're seeing in the industry. Um, And then the other half is going to be interviews with um, our clients and startup folks and people in the industry that can uh, help shed light on, on growth and uh, venture capital and things like that um, as they build in the wild. So we'll be shifting that up, and this will be our first episode uh, from an internal lens perspective.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for the next year ahead of getting other folks in the industry, seeing how they're building, um, seeing how we can help them, and hopefully just answer some questions that people have about companies that they're building and ways that they're doing it more to come.
1: Yeah, much more to come. And so today we want to talk a little bit about the reinvention that's required of any early stage company, including ourselves, but kind of go into depth a bit on how we view reinventing ourselves, how we've navigated that. And um, yeah, just how we continue to make decisions on the evolution of our company, because it is ever changing.
0: Yeah, and I don't know that we're you know slowly reinventing ourselves. It's more of a you know, it's us saying who we are, who we want to continue to be, and being open to the changes that come out of that. And I think more specifically, um, you know, we've been having somewhat of an approach to hiring where we're hiring really strong candidates at the outset of building full building that core team, and then later we'll start to have the support staff come in and have that the team members able to support the hiring process, who they want to bring on and the skills they want to find. And obviously for us that's lower, lower margins overall. But what we found in, in in changing this approach and this kind of hiring this higher skill set, it's changing the type of clients we can service. and then who we want to go out and who we, how we want to market ourselves on our website. And so Roman's done a really good job at looking at client messaging right, based on what we're finding, who is approaching us, is the way that we're messaging our clients aligned with the clients we want to attract. Mm. So Roman, talk to me a little bit about your thought process and kind of how you took a look at the clients we're attracting now and how that compared to our website messaging.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And one note before I jump into that on the constant evolution of Mm. ourselves, it's really more from a Who are we servicing and how are we servicing them? How are we reaching them versus uh, who we are? Because the ethos of Full Send, the ethos of how we operate, our core mission and vision and values, that has been constant. And that has been, to a large degree, the North Star that then helps inform a lot of these changes at the tactical level. That being said, um, from a messaging standpoint, you know, early on, we were really articulated towards startups, towards venture capital, towards founder prototypes. And I think that is really, really good. Um, But at the same time, that being a core audience, the core service uh, was probably a little bit more articulated around bookkeeping, monthly accounting, and the types of opportunities that we've been seeing have been a little bit higher level, strategic, consultative, accounting advisory, um, accounting ninja type, type projects, as well as recurring services. And so it has been interesting to see how the type of messaging that we've put out there has lent to a market perception, yet also the types of companies we are working with are slightly different than who we're messaging towards.
0: I'm not too sure how that really happened. I think a lot of it was just with relationships in market where we have partnerships with ACs or um, some audit firms who have clients that have specific needs that we can meet. Um, but it's been, an interesting, it's been interesting to see kind of the source of those different clients and how they're finding us and going through that scoping process and saying, oh, you can really help me and you will be a really great partner in this this solution that I need.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think it's um, it's really a matter of us gating and scoping opportunities and, and deciding who to say yes to. Because we, we do work with many startups. We work with a lot of founders. We still work with that segment of the market. Um, but those that we work with tend to have a bit more meat on the bone as it relates to complex accounting issues versus the hey, we just need somebody to pop into QuickBooks and categorize transactions. Like that's generally not been a good fit for us uh, because the people we're hiring, they want variety, they want complexity, they want issues that they can dig into and problems to solve.
0: And to add to that, a lot of the team members we have today have been on the startup side, have worked in startups. So there's this um, communication that occurs on sales clouds, in daily meetings, between whether it's the founder, maybe it's a VP of finance, um, those conversations are just very in tune. And so it's just a further testament to the level of work that we're providing for our clients, um, and getting that feedback too, right? They're telling us this. So it really forced us to go back to the drawing board of, okay, our, our team members like this work. Our clients seem to really like this gap that we're providing for them. Um, so, Roman, when you then looked at the website and you went back to that, um, like what, what errors or, I guess, disconnects did you see in the way that we're marketing and then, you know, people that we want to work with?
1: Yeah, so there was this will be the third iteration of messaging, the first one being a three tier <laughs> offering that you can sign up for the startup plan or the scale plan and then you're in at this fixed cost that's very uh, bucketed. What we currently have, our current messaging is far more customized, it's tailored, it's message towards a startup, it's message towards, you know, here's kind of the, the bookkeeping, here's the monthly reporting, and here's the strategy that we can move into. Um, I think that's all well and good, but it doesn't necessarily characterize how we work with our clients, because there are three distinct ways in which we work with our clients. The first one is that we are... Our clients' accounting departments. We become the entire department. We structure it, we build it, and we manage it for them on a monthly basis. Um, The second way in which we work with clients is that we support their existing accounting department. So we plug into it at various levels depending on what that need is. And then the third one is that we typically will come in and advise the existing accounting department. We'll kind of uh, bolt on in an advisory capacity, whether it's technology, it's systems, it's technical accounting. Um, to provide that additional um, uh, uh, boost to the existing department. So I think those are the three ways that typically come out that don't come out of this like tiered approach uh, that maybe historically (laughs) we've thought about.
0: One other thought I had when looking at this new proposal of the way we communicate with clients is trying to solve for a way that a client can come to our website and say, hey, that's me. And oh, that's what I need. And I think we're not fully there yet on a way to easily communicate just those similarities in the clients that we serve and the clients that are coming to the website for people to quickly and easily say yes. And I think that goes back to your point, right? It's what we offer and who we offer it to. Uh, it's kind of an art, right? Like you, you don't you don't have one opportunity on your website, your primary landing page to get it down and make sure it's concise. and. I think it's understated often how important that is for companies to nail that and make sure there's limit limited confusion for people visiting the site
1: oh totally, and for startups for early stage companies, if you don't nail that, you've got thirty seconds of somebody's time in which they've found themselves on your website if you're not able to quickly articulate what you do, what problem you solve, and who you solve it for you're you're your toast. And so accounting firm owners <laughs> tend to like really I think do this poorly because they nerd out on like, oh like we do this nerdy accounting thing for you and like you should really like us because we can solve this nerdy accounting problem. When in reality like somebody's coming to their website so they're just like, oh, I, I need to get my, my my taxes filed. And I don't know where to go to do this. Can this person <laughs> do that? and like that's it and so mm-hmm. i think marketers that are listening to this may be like well, yeah you tie it to your your target market and your your core service and you marry those things and make it beautifully woven in in between and so i think for us it's like we just need to hone in more specifically on the who and the how and make those things really work well okay. together um, and present it in a way that makes sense to the broader market
0: Totally. I mean, we'll get that feedback, but I think what's more important, right? We are we're young, we're a small company, we have the flexibility to change these things quickly. But as we start to implement this new structure uh, our client messaging, what indicators are you going to be looking for in client engagement in uh, communications that you're having with new prospects? To see whether it's really hitting, or to really just see whether we're uh, going about this in the right way, and it's it's actually answering the what and the who, the who and how,
1: yeah, where, when, why. why? (laughs) Um, So I think there there are a few uh, maybe qualitative measures or metrics that you can look at. One is uh, the submissions that are coming in online. Where are they coming from? What are they coming in for? Uh, Kind of evaluating that. Uh, from an organic marketing perspective, and then the lead side. Because the website, your your outward-facing messaging is just as important to nail for your target market as it is your um, centers of influence or your referral partners. And so when we get inquiries from referral partners that say, hey, I have a client or I have a portfolio company that's struggling with this. Is this something that you can solve? If we're, uh-huh. if we're receiving inquiries that are outside of the scope of really what we do, what we do well, uh, then I know that the messaging isn't working. It's not presenting itself outward in a very um, compelling manner. And so there will be some relearning just based on the brand equity that we've built to date. However, I do believe that over time, you'll start to see that shift of uh, equality or connectivity to what we do and how we do it.
0: How long do you expect that cycle to be?
1: For us, being a nearly two-year-old company, pretty short a quarter, maybe two quarters, Mm -hmm. because we don't have years and years and years of brand equity that we have to unravel. And so we we have a very limited amount of of connections and referral partners that we need to re-message that to. So it's a very straightforward exercise if you put the time into it.
0: Well, there's a the other item that's very closely tied to this, though, is making sure your infrastructure can support it, right? A lot of companies, they're so ingrained in this infrastructure where they have their entire scoping and sales process, their entire team that's operating on XYZ model. Um, for us, thankfully, we are still tinkering with those processes. But how do you see Um, scoping changes, right? We have a methodology of how we actually provide a detailed scope to clients. How do we price that contract? Um, How does our team know and expect what can be delivered on a monthly basis? Uh, What changes do you think we'll need to think about on that front to make sure we're not really caught on our heels once we do close some of these different type of contracts and what we've been working through the last six to 12 months?
1: You know, that's a really good question because when we talk about internal process and operation and workflow for servicing clients may be slightly differently than we have the last six months we need to ensure that internally we're developing the right processes within the realm of flexibility and this kind of amorphous ability to shift into different uh, shapes because we are changing we are tinkering with those services and so like we build really narrowly on like what is this one core service that we offer and then make exceptions every time we close opportunities outside of that. It makes it really hard. Yet, if we retain that degree of modularity at the base level of process, then we can flex into other areas really well. And so that's a really pie in the sky, like non-concrete way to say we need to have a lot of process, but also retain a lot of flexibility in how we structure internal Mm -hmm. communication.
0: Yeah, I think for us, it, it we're, we're at a place where we can capitalize on the, this flexibility and really test out. It's almost like we're finding product market fit, <laughs> testing totally. out what's sticking and what we like. And uh, from there, that's when we iterate and build and scale that framework that we really feel excited about. Um, so it's always going to be a learning game. And that's why we're talking about these things and building in the wild, because we're we're in the middle of it, and I don't think we'll ever be at a place where we have it all figured out. No. Um, so hopefully, these things can resonate with people who are also in the middle of it, because really, at the end of the day, we all are. We're yeah. all, you know, doing our best to to change and improve and provide good work.
1: It's it's true, and I I, I think there will constantly be a degree of evolution. You know, whether it's at 2 million in revenue, 5 million in revenue, 20 million in revenue. There will always be some degree of evolution that's taking place at any point in time. And you know, you brought up the the comment earlier of, you know, do you focus on the details of what you're building today or do you focus on the vision and build towards that? And I think both of those are can be really right ways to do things. However, when you have a north star that's uh, extrinsic to those things, um or maybe intrinsic to your own belief and convictions i don't know like we have these this mission we have these values that we say hey if if either the decisions on either of those planning uh paths contradict what we're doing over here and how that impacts our employees and the type of team and culture we want to build then we're doing something wrong so i, I would love to hear your two cents on on that front
0: well, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's why we work well together is because it, it, we cannot jeopardize that core goal of the team. And that's, that will be part of this iteration as we grow, right? We have this higher caliber employees on staff and we want to bring them projects that they're excited about. Uh, but if we find four months into this new kind of framework that the team is stressed, the, t- the clients that we're bringing on actually aren't the type of people we want to be working with. That's what we need to iterate the other way and okay. re, you know, reshape what we're what we're doing. So I think it will always be a constant uh, um, assessment of how things are going. It's just it's faster right now for us because we are so flexible. Yeah. Um, but the importance is that we nail it now, so that way we can scale it, and we aren't having to make major changes once we're bigger and and have more people impacted by those changes. Totally.
1: Totally. And I and I think. Remaining true to those convictions, the why behind the values, the why behind the mission—that's going to be what really steers the, the ship. Um, and, and those decisions, to your point, of the ones that go the opposite direction, the ones that aren't, you know, actively growing and pushing and moving the needle forward, the ones that are like really hard and and like like difficult to make as a small team. Uh, yet, the decisions that still benefit the team are the ones that are so critical. Um, For that future growth, because you're staying true to your convictions when it's maybe the most difficult time to stay true to your convictions because of the risk involved in that. And I'm thinking of a specific situation, and so can certainly open that up at some point in the future. But um, yeah, it it is constant.
0: Then we'll see how it goes. We'll report back (laughs) and hopefully do another session in six months on how how it was going. Um, But I think this is a great intro to how we're looking at. You know, the first three months, first six months of 2024, what we have on our our agenda. And yeah, we're still out here building.
1: I, I love that way of wrapping it because <laughs> the whole premise of this is building in the wild. And you alluded to this, like we are building in the wild. Our clients are building in the wild. Our team, everybody is out there um, trying to move the needle forward for themselves professionally, personally, and trying to find the best way to do that you know, individually, together. And so we want to highlight the stories of other people doing that. We want to highlight the story of ourselves doing that. And so this is gonna be a really fun season (laughs) two to kick off. And as always, if you want to reach out, you know where to find us. Hit us up on LinkedIn, Stacey Feldman, CPA, or Roman Villar, CPA, uh, or hit us up at Howdy at Olsen Finance.
0: Happy 2024.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Building in the Wild. If you found value in our conversation, we'd appreciate a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. To stay up to date, make sure to hit that subscribe button. For more insights and additional information, our YouTube is at FullSend Finance, and our website is FullSendFinance.com. Remember, the business landscape may be wild, but you don't have to navigate it alone. Build together, go further.